0: Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards interview podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And what, dear listeners, are the secrets to giving one? We're sitting down for intimate inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope.
1: you have to be patient you yeah. know and there are some that will hit right off the bat and it's about yeah. trying not to compare which is the other thing that so hard it's so difficult yeah. not to see someone else have success and you feel like you're being jilted mm-hmm. or that you're not doing it you know it's like well, oh, look at him or look at her why mm-hmm. why are they having that and why you know, they're not that good i'm better than them and yeah it's comparing you only compare yourself to your your own growth
0: Ron Cephas Jones, Jamie. Yeah. Welcome. We just heard Ron Cephas Jones' lovely voice. Oh, so unique. Yes. And musical. And we have to talk about I, I have in my notes here that we have to mention jazz. Um, yeah. we talked a lot about like odd jobs, what we at Backstage call survival jobs, hmm. and how that is like a formative part of Ron's trajectory as an actor. But jazz I feel like is is essential to his trajectory, but it's also essential to who he is. Does that make sense?
1: yeah, is he a jazz musician? Is he a singer? Yeah.
0: yeah. he's yeah. he's played the piano. He's, yeah, he's a musician. His daughter is a musician. I also have it in my notes that we have to explain for those who don't know. Ron's daughter is Jasmine Cephas Jones, who people would probably know from Hamilton. She was in the original cast oh. of Hamilton. yes. And she also has this big, I think, future ahead of her. But so does Ron, yeah, so exciting. What's going right. on with Ron?
1: Yeah, he's hitting his stride later in life, but
0: exactly. You know. And it's all because he has earned it. He's paid his dues and he's worked hard and he's a magnificent actor. And it's because he worked really hard on stage and often in like, we got into it. We really got into the details on this. Like he was working in the downtown theater scene, which is the kind of place where you work when you have to give that your all and just scrape by. That's the lifestyle that he kind of chose. And look where it's got him now. He's a two-time Emmy nominee.
1: Right. And he will absolutely appreciate the success that he has right now because of all those, Mm -hmm. that slow build. That's
0: right. That's right. And it's crazy, too. I didn't realize that he has all these connections when you work in that scene and when you work hard as long as as long as he has. Like he's he was friends with Philip Seymour Hoffman. They worked very closely together. He's friends with Tom Hardy, of all people. (laughs) And we'll be in an upcoming movie with him. Like Ron is about to be, I was very excited to hear about his his upcoming show that he's actually going to be filming at the same time as This Is Us, which is a Reese Witherspoon new series starring Octavia Spencer, which sounds awesome, oh. which is about podcasts. Okay. By the way, I know. Meta. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, This Is Us. I know that fans of This Is Us, maybe that's why that you're listening to the podcast. We've had Mandy, <laughs> we've had Milo. It's a great you know, there's the reason we've had the actors from that show on this podcast is because the actors on that show are amazing.
1: Yes. And we're working our way through.
0: We really are. (laughs) Believe me, I'm getting I'm knocking down Sterling's door. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get Sterling on this podcast. We'll get him eventually. Sterling's nominated too. So is Milo. Congratulations, Milo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Ron for the second year in a row. It's so deserving. For fans of this podcast who don't necessarily know This Is Us, one thing to know about Ron's character on This Is Us is that he died in season one. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, It's no secret. He had cancer as of the very first episode of the the series. But he has some really lovely... That's why the guest Emmy category is so great, because a great actor gets to come back in, even if they've died, and kind of steal the show. And Ron did it just so beautifully in, in season two. He had this really lovely monologue, and there's just something... That radiates off of him on the screen. Yeah. And I just really like this interview because we talked about having faith or trust in yourself, trust in others too, but, but, Mm. but faith in yourself is kind of what it all comes down to. This idea of like trust that the inspiration you've soaked up in life over the, over your years of existing is going to inform your work. Yeah, definitely. Maybe like pour out onto the screen. Basically, like, watch Ron give a beautiful monologue on This Is Us, and then listen to this interview, because I do think he exposes a little bit about how he does that.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay, Ron. Let's do it. Hey, are you ready? Yes, you, listener. Are you ready to take the advice and the inspiration you've heard here in today's interview and use it in your own acting career? Is it something maybe you've always considered doing? Are you at the very beginning of your acting career? Are you well into your acting career and you're a fan of this podcast and you're ready to take those next steps? Backstage is here for you. This podcast is brought to you by Backstage. And what we are offering listeners to this podcast is a free 30-day trial. That's right. We are giving you 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. All you need to do is go to checkout, backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code envelope. That's right. If you enter the code envelope at checkout, E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, that's how you spell envelope, you get 30 free days on backstage.com. Browse our thousands of casting notices, learn why it's the world's number one casting platform. If you are an actor and you haven't signed up yet for Backstage, I don't know what to tell you. Get on it. Ron Cephas Jones worked for years in odd jobs and gradually as a working actor on stage. His work with downtown New York's Labyrinth Theatre Company put him in contact with some of today's best artists of stage and screen. After steady work in film and TV, Ron became beloved by TV audiences on NBC's This Is Us as the poetic William Hill, AKA Shakespeare, biological father to Sterling K. Brown's Randall Pearson. Nominated at the Emmys for the second year in a row, Ron is looking back on an impressive career and is also just getting started. Here it is, our interview with the lovely Ron Cephas Jones. How familiar are you with Backstage? Do you did you ever did you Man, ever use Backstage? I for used casting? to go to
1: the magazine store that <laughs> yes. was the first thing i used to grab was yes. backstage and showbiz you know that that was the bible for uh, that was the only thing in town at the time you know when i was first coming around so yes good um uh, i'm new to podcast stuff sure like okay <laughs> Certainly the periodicals <laughs> in the paper back in the day were, yes. when that's all you had. So, yes, yes. As backstage. well as
0: like doing press as an Emmy nominee. Is this only your second year?
1: That's right. That's like right. A consecutive that's right. year. God bless. Knock on wood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, it, um, is it any different this second year? Do you know what to expect this
1: time around? Well, I'm always humbled just by the whole yeah. idea. It's sure. all still fairly new to me. You know, um, having your work recognized in that way and... Mm. Uh, you know, just understanding the validity and how to use it um, mm. in regards to Hollywood scene and the, and the Los Angeles scene with between TV and movie. So uh, I'm learning a lot. Sure. Um, about uh, two different towns, New York and and uh, and and LA, and also from theater to translating the work into film and yeah. television. You know, and uh, but um, it's always humbling. You know, when I I didn't even know that i was being submitted this year i found out later when right um uh, certain periodists were saying that ron cevis jones was in the running for oh. maybe another nomination and <laughs> you were you, uh, you were surprised <laughs> i was very surprised yeah. i called my agent and manager and they were like yeah you're you're being considered again you know so um cool. pr people started calling and so uh but i guess the first word i think about is humble is it's just yeah. still very new and humbling for me you know yeah. so, uh, but I love it. You know, it's yeah. a beautiful thing,
0: man. Well, certainly it's it's humbling and surprising when it's season two and your character's been dead
1: for <laughs> all season. <laughs> it's kind of great. That's the other interesting thing about the show. You know, it was one of the things that... Um, you know, I was concerned about because I knew that the character was going to pass away sooner or later. When the first season, yeah. they were still deciding, well, are, are we going to kill him off? Oh, are we going yeah. to have him in treatment? Uh-huh. Um, will we, but uh, Dan was like, no, I just felt right that yeah. we take the story to its fullest and, and to the first season. But automatically, he was saying, but that's the way the show is. It just doesn't mean that the character mm. will be gone. So uh totally. That's what we started to develop in season two was maybe five, four episodes, you know. And then now season three, um, we're going to see William again. Yeah. In, in a in a bigger way, too. So, uh, and I still don't know to what validity, you know, how many episodes, but that's the uh, okay. news that I got, you know, that William's coming back in a very big way, you know, in season three. So, huh. So, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, it's funny because I... This most recent couple podcast episodes ago, we interviewed um, both Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia. Milo and I sat right here, and I asked them man. the question that's always intrigued me about This Is Us or about shows like it, where you are playing a character and you're creating this person, but it's not until later that you get more information about that's that right. character. That's right. How do you how do you navigate this? It's a very much a puzzle piece kind it's, of a show. It's very...
1: Um... It's very interesting. Sometimes it's a a bit annoying when you're <laughs> used to preparing a certain way, yep. but you get used to it. You know, you, you kind of get used to it, and um, it's always about wanting to know. You know, you want to get as much information as possible, um, but the information comes per episode, it seems mm-hmm. like. And so, you develop a way of learning how to study with it and, and um, uh, take the next step to the character as it comes, as opposed to Mm. filling his whole life out as you usually do with the full script. So you do it basically just a a, a episode at a time. You know, I think Mandy Sterling and Milo, those cats get a lot more information because they have a longer, Mm. thicker drawn out storylines, you know? Um, So they probably get a lot more information than say I do, or maybe uh, someone like, um, uh, Gerald McCraney or, or some of the mm, guest yeah. spots, you know, so, mm. uh, but the the other cats, they get a lot more information, so they have a lot more to work on, you know. Yeah, so. to kind of juggle and keep, right, keep track that's, of. That's right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah, and I mean, William is such a beautiful, beautiful character. It's almost like he's made richer by seeing him in glimpses. It is. And it, that's why it works that he he was he died in the first season and it still works uh, it's to a, see
1: him. You know, I attribute that to the writing. It, the writing is so good. At least I've been fortunate that the writers write William the way they do. Yeah. You know, and exciting to go back to your question earlier of not knowing is the excitement of anticipation mm, sure knowing that the writers are so good they're going to write something great for you oh, cool you just don't know exactly what it's going to be or what angle they're going to take until maybe a week before you might get the script uh-huh. or two weeks before at the most
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's great that 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 Good anticipation.
0: I was going to say. So it could be a bad anticipation, but you're choosing to. Sure, you trust right. the writers,
1: too. Trust that's the writing. So you know it's yeah. going to be something good. And so you're anticipating whatever it is. You're excited about getting it in and, and, yeah. and working on it, you know.
0: You mentioned the the idea of creating a backstory or, like, fleshing out a character's whole life completely. Is that yeah. your go-to process? Do you have, like, a...
1: Well, you try to. You yeah. know, I think in the beginning, before the f- first season started... Dan had uh, all the actors, the main actors, come into the office and talk mm. about some of their own, our own ideas, about what they had mm. in store for the characters, where they wanted the characters to go, what kind of uh, ideas and development. So mm. right from the beginning, we had an idea of who William was and where he kind of came from and what kind of life that he had, had, had been living and where he's going. So we had a, some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. And then within that structure, so many different stairways was added, hallways were added, um, renovations were made, you mm. know, so, but we had a structure and, and that's usually the first thing you'd look for in a character, some kind of structure of yeah. where the foundation of the character, yeah. you know, um, mm. who are they? Why are they existing here? And, and for what reason, you know, are they yeah. serving the story? Yeah. Um, So you kind of follow that line as you go along. And uh, that helps me as an actor to at least get a sense of who the character is so Mm -hmm. that everything else can be filled in. Then you can ask the question, well, if he's this, why would he do that? Right. And you see it in the writing. You know, I thought that he was – and then you'll get an answer and you say, oh, okay, Uh, so that's another layer that I can put in there, you know, so it doesn't throw you off, you know, but – When you have that foundation, you have something to hold on to where you can springboard your questions from. Mm Do you know what I mean? Totally. As you get the writing, you know, it's like, okay, I thought it was a studio, but why is it here? Or Mm -hmm. I thought maybe the last studio I saw it had this, you know, just even walking into the studio today, it's like you develop questions where... Am I going to be sitting here? You're going to be sitting there. Mm-hmm. When I first came in, I thought I was going to be sitting there. I was uh-huh. saying, "No, I sit here because I need my back and I need to so gotcha. forth and so yeah. on."
0: So, and that's all the prep. That's, that's all the before prep you get there. And
1: development, right? Yeah. How you're developing the character as you go along. And
0: once once you get there, it is it's it is about being in the moment. In the moment, which is something I want to get. I want to ask you about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying, i am always trying to get actors to define for me what that means, like staying in the present.
1: Well, I was thinking about that not too long ago, and um, I'm only going to speak from my experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it took me a long time to be able to trust being in the moment. It's about trust, mm. and it's about trusting yourself mm. so that what that does is bring about a process of n- what, what I call not acting, mm. where your subconscious can lead you in anywhere you need to go in that moment that you're in the scene because of the preparation that you've Mm -hmm. done. So if you prepare and you learn how to have good study habits where you know how to learn your lines, not only just learn your lines, but Mm. learn them in a way that you can say them backwards and forwards. Learn them in a way that you can pick out words from different sentences at any given moment. Mm. Learn them in a way that you can invert them Mm. and still memorize them. Learn them to where you can say them backwards as well as forward. So much so that they get into your subconscious so that you can't ever (sighs) lose them because they're there. So that when by the time you get to the scene, you're in the moment Mm. because you're not thinking about it. You're thinking about who's in front of you, and then you're going to just react to what's been given you. And that's not easy. It it wasn't easy for Mm. me. I I can't speak for other actors, but it took me a long time to learn that. Mm. And I first got the idea from working with Philip Seymour Hoffman when he was artistic director and working with us Mm. on two plays that I had the opportunity and fortunate to work with. And he was the first one to kind of lay that idea on me like he used to say things to me like stop acting Mm. like you're just acting all over the place you're not you're not in the moment you're not giving me who you are who are you Mm. stop hiding behind this character that you're developing who are you yeah who's ron and i want to see him i want to see his feeling his emotion so and that's a scary thing oh yeah and a lot of actors act that so that they don't have to show it Whereas right. the whole idea is Gosh. to strip away the other stuff mm. so you can get to the core of who this man really is mm. and how this man really feels about this situation that he's in. Mm. So, um, And what I got from him was that the more and the better you prepare, the more you're able to allow yourself to trust to be in the moment because yes. first of all, you get rid of fear because of confidence mm. you build confidence confidence uh, uh, battles fear mm-hmm. um, that gut feeling in your thing that you're going to mess up or you're going to drop a line or you're going to forget that all goes mm-hmm. away because you know you've prepared right. and you tr- start to trust yes not only yourself but you trust that's why it's important to trust who you're working you're with also yeah absolutely. and have a good relationship yeah. with the person that you're working with you yeah know? And a good example of that and This Is Us was when I first started working with uh, Sterling and Susan. Yeah. And knowing that they were both from New York and knowing that Sterling had studied very similar ideas to what I mm. studied. Yeah, totally. Because he went to NYU and uh, Phil also studied at NYU and uh, Mark Wing Davies, who uh, has a technique there, which is actioning and um, like Steppenwolf in Chicago where they do and Yes. Um, it's a very similar way of... Uh, getting to the core of trusting in the process and being in the moment. So I'm not sure if that helped to answer your question, it but...
0: It very much did. Yeah. No, I love it. I The trusting... I see I've never th- quite thought of it as subconscious versus conscious. Like if you prep enough and get it in your system, then the subconscious is almost just taken care of. It taken care and of. it does the work for you. You don't have to think. And then in the moment, quote unquote, that's conscious. That's, that's just right. what you're doing
1: in that moment. That's right. Right then and there. It's like waking up in the middle of the night... And going to the bathroom without having to cut a light on. Yeah, without really waking and, up. Yeah, without really yeah. waking up. Cool. You just kind of know. Yeah. You get there, you go to the bathroom, you yeah. You wash your hands or whatever, all while you're still kind of sleeping.
0: Yeah. You don't and really have to cut trust. a light
1: on. It's just trusting that your body knows.
0: That's the trust, too. What to do. And trust is very tied to confidence, especially when it's related to trusting yourself. That's right. And it's funny what you said about vulnerability, because I almost feel like it's um, trust requires vulnerability and so trusting yourself actually weirdly means becoming vulnerable with yourself that's right and that's See, easier said than done that's easier said than yeah. done and it takes
1: what practice it and it takes years for me it took years years yeah of trying to understand it and so because hmm. for years i've built a wall to protect myself as we that. all do yeah. we all do as totally. human beings you do that constantly on a daily basis yeah. you're putting up walls to protect the inner you yeah the childlike you you know that's Ooh. what why theater games are important early on you know yeah. to try to play s- the sense of playing yeah, again you know cool. because as adults we like oh stop playing don't play around don't yeah. play around on the subway don't play around over there be important oh, put your tie on but <laughs> you you know we yeah. build these cool. things to protect our, us from being so vulnerable and we build all these fears you yeah. know we're full of fear i'm Full of feet. Sure. So um, acting has taught me how to be fearless in many mm. situations, you know, and trust that I'm okay. And uh, I remember another thing that Phil used to say to me, which became a mantra, is that you are enough. Mm. He would say to me, oh, that's Ron, a, that's a great one. Yeah. You are enough. Mm. We don't need the other stuff. We just need you. Mm. So with you with the lines, let me see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything else. Just mm. just read the lines as if Ron were reading them mm. and put yourself in that situation and um, let me see who you are. Yeah.
0: And again, it's like it should be – that should be easy or that should be like a no-brainer. It but sounds easy, but it's not.
1: Totally. And yeah. you know, it translates. You can see where certain actors, they get that. And yeah. you can see it. It translates on – especially on film – Film right. picks every little gotcha. like photograph, little photographic things. And mm. when that camera zooms in, you know, you can tell. You start to see where people are pushing yeah, and where people are just relaxed and it seems like a natural process. So right. you can start to distinguish those things a little bit, you know.
0: Sure. So when people talk about honesty and performance and how honesty is one of the most prized values in acting yeah. it's almost like another way of looking at that is is not it just means not doing those big extravagant character choices like that's capital right. c choices that's right that can kind of just distract yeah, maybe
1: that's right i mean some actors are very good at technique mm. they have this masterful technique you know whereas uh um it's an old story I, I might not be telling it correctly but i think it was like uh, Lawrence Olivier was watching Dustin Hoffman. Yes, um, in the story and he says it's called acting. acting yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so certain actors, maybe like Lawrence Olivier, had this impeccable technique to where you couldn't really notice whether so, he was yeah. acting or not. Mm. Whereas the way Dustin Hoffman worked, he had to be in it, in it yeah. from from the inside. You know, so it's a difference between working from the inside out and also working from the outside in. Yes. So both yes. are valid. I totally. can't. You know, I only can speak like I said for myself, and and the way I feel comfortable doing it to make it the most authentic and real as mm. possible by, again, not acting. Yeah. As much as possible, you know. I mean, I guess
0: yours is closer to an inside-out
1: approach. Yes, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What's cool. inside has to come out. Yeah. Or else it doesn't that. feel real. It doesn't feel real to me. You yeah. Know? So, mm. you know, there's the vulnerability that. That uh, William has that Ron has
0: yeah you cool.
1: know, or a vulnerability that William has that that, that that there are men in my life that I've been around that are very much like William. yes, you know, whether they be sick or the history of William, but and also his, his character is very similar to how August Wilson writes characters at first. A lot of the men in August Wilson plays oh, interesting which is also a track or a line that i was able to follow back toward august wilson when i first read william really uh, what came up was uh, memphis and two trains running uh-huh. um, uh, uh, elder joseph barlow and uh radio golf um i could may- maybe either four the plays of his where Characters like William exist in his plays.
0: And this is not uh, the writers of This Is Us are consciously doing this or you're. you're no, yeah. this is one
1: what I as an actor, what I made the track to. Yeah. Um, this, and as a st- as a student of theater. It that's like, right. Yeah. See similar stuff, stuff that's already in me. Gosh. That you, 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 you grab on Yeah. And that was one of the big things like going back and reading some of those plays again and listening to how those characters were talking. And was like, oh, man, this is interesting because Mm. this character is very similar to how August Wilson writes these men. And they're they're these different men who have made this migration from the South to the North Mm. and the American migration from, you know, uh, slavery to Mm post-slavery to Reconstruction to... You know, all these men are part of that line. Mm. And Williams a part of that, you know, musician, artist. Totally. So, I, you know, I thought about all the different musicians. I'm a jazz aficionado. Uh-huh. He plays jazz music and blues. And so all of that connecting fiber is in me already, just from the things that I've done, the people that I know, and the history that I know. You know, the history of this man is basically the history of the african-american experience in america you know that is so cool yeah so it's something do you seek this
0: out do you do you look for the inspiration and do you like
1: as soon as you start to read the character that's where you instantly go inside that's what i mean by inside yes inside my soul inside my heart right inside my mind what does this remind me of what does it remind me of this who is that Oh man, that's it Uncle sounds Jeff. Like something. Yeah, cool. He laughs like Uncle Jeff. Or man, he does he eats just like Uncle Joe. Or or Mr. So-and-so down the street yeah. used to walk exactly like that. Or or that's exactly what Mr. Barry would say at the barbershop. That's right. the exact same thing he would say, Crazy. man. It's, so all this stuff would be flooding back. Or, that's exactly what August Rilson wrote with Memphis. That's what he was trying to say. Ugh. So
0: and it's not like you're using. It's not like you're um, stealing man down the street's mannerisms. It's more like so it's just in you. In you. Yeah.
1: You let it out, yeah. and it tells you something about who you are. Also, it's like that's the beauty now that I get and I love about the uh, artistic and craftsmanship of acting is that there are all these different tools that yeah. have. More, more, and more tools. More and more fabric. More yeah. and more wood. More different types of developing saws and hammers, and <laughs> it's just a, a a wide range of things that sure. are in my experience, you know. And as I get older, the more experience I have, the more I have to give. You yeah, know? So the toolbox gets bigger. The toolbox gets bigger. But, and and
0: and you're all and it's, you're all in favor of trying new tools and trying new right. techniques or
1: whatever That's right. It, layers. How see how what happens. Yeah. You know, put it in and see if it comes out. Sometimes it Ugh. doesn't. Sometimes it does. But you're trusting that it's going to happen. Yeah. And so far, that's the best way to work for me, Is uh, especially with a beautiful character like William. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to take that everywhere, you
0: know. Put in the inspiration and see if it comes out. See if that's it comes amazing. out. And
1: trust that it that's will. That's so cool. When you need it, you know? Yeah. Because you, the fear is that it won't. And so then you'll try ah. to think of something. Or when you rehearse, you try to repeat what you rehearsed. Yes. That's almost like a train wreck for me, you know, because I'm I'm anticipating already. I'm thinking ahead before the moment even happens Yes, because I'm not trusting that when the moment happens, I'm going to be there. Mm. So what happens is you start thinking, okay, what did I study last night? I want to do it like that. Same thing with auditions. You know, you get them so fast, Uh you're memorizing lines and you're trying to do what you did last night at the dinner table. Yes. Instead of studying it, as much as you can absorb, as much of the material as you can, and then let the moment happen. Mm. Just sit down, breathe, mm. and listen, and just let the words come out, however they're going to come out, and trusting that they'll come out right.
0: Trusting, yeah, about trusting. Tr- I want I do. I definitely want to ask more about auditions. Sure. Um, but first, to kind of go back to like this, the idea of theater. Your brain is very much a theater actor's brain. It sounds like. I love this idea of the rehearsal trying to recreate or trying to get away from or trying to... Because that is true in film and TV or I guess in TV. You guys have a rehearsal process and then you have the the event. Yeah. It always fascinated me in theater when a performance or a moment would happen. Maybe it's in rehearsal. Maybe it's in a live performance and, and you nail it and everything aligns. There's actually a pressure the next time you do it... To do it again. For it to nail it again. That's right. And sometimes it... It doesn't feel satisfying when it doesn't land that's as right. good as it did.
1: That's right. That must happen all the time. Sure does. On camera as well. And and that's okay. See, the thing is mm. to know that it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not a disaster because whatever comes out is going to be right for that moment. It might not be exactly what you did before, right. but the whole idea is not to do exactly what you did mm, before.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, life doesn't happen like that. Mm. I mean, you might get lucky. If you can get in the car exactly the way you got in the car mm. two hours ago, but something's going to be different. Yeah. It's the same car. It's parked in the same space, mm. but you're not going to get in that car exactly like you got in the car. Totally. Something's going to happen. Your foot was a little higher yesterday. <laughs> Go back. Do it again. Your foot was <laughs> a little higher. Yeah. Now, that may pertain in certain instances on film for continuity. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Where your yeah. arm or your leg or your head or your has to be, yeah. has to be, you know. But that's more for continuity, mm-hmm. not so much for with the character emotional emoting. continuity. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So cool. um, hmm. the whole idea is to not repeat. You know, you don't try to yeah. nail it again. You just try to be in the moment like you were, <laughs> and then you'll nail it again in a different way. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So you still yeah. nailed it, but it's just a little different from yeah. the way you nailed it last night. Yeah, cool. But you still feel good about it because you know you were the subconscious was there, you were yeah. there, and whatever came out, came out. It might not totally. be as gratifying, mm. but still in all, you trust it and you were there. Maybe it works there. in a slightly different That's way. That's right. And the yeah. the next audience member might say, wow, that moment. Right. Oh my God. And you was like, well, Margot it wasn't me. like last night. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, but that doesn't but you matter. You can't deny to them. the audience's experience. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's where it's at, man.
0: Totally. And we as an audience get to read into what an actor is doing, especially when they're like still or silent. That's right. This is why I love reaction shots almost more yes. than just action, just or, action dialogue. or dialogue. Totally. You guys are great at that. And this is So us.
1: many beautiful moments. And this is us where yeah. the writers let the scene breathe. Yeah. call it, I call it that's breathing important. where there's these silent moments of just eyes and and mm. and and mouth and facial structure and hmm. tone and mood that's a good word mood the hmm. mood of the moment is captured it's such a great cast and all those cats are just so good yeah so perfect at, at what they're doing man so it's a it's a a big honor as an actor to be a part of this project.
0: It's certainly a great way to just loosen up your tear ducts to watch this oh, is us. once for sure. A week. <laughs> um, that's for sure. I want to ask. I got to please take me back to the very beginning. You were born in Jersey. Born in but New Jersey, but you studied theater
1: in Chicago. What's the trajectory? No, I um, I have an interesting path. I uh, went to a four year college in upstate New Jersey in Marrawah Valley called Ramapo. Uh that's where I first got interested in the arts. I went to school to be a musician. I was a jazz aficionado and I loved the medium and loved the music and took jazz history classes Mm and um, improvisation class. I played piano a little bit, a little bit of trumpet and I went to a play and I was Mm -hmm. asked to be in a play in a musical because they ran out of actors to do this musical. I was hired to, cast to be as like a dancer in a chorus and it was a play called pearly victorious mm-hmm. anyway long story short i got the theater bug and changed my major to theater <laughs> graduated with a ba and Fine performing arts i um i got out of college and i was a i was i was a wanderer for, for several okay. years i didn't really know if i wanted to do the pavement i would get backstage and show yeah. biz and go to auditions Then I decided I don't know what I want to do. Mm. I traveled, I came out to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I drove a bus in Los Angeles from 1980 to 84. I was a bus driver. Okay, Um, the hustle. I went to came out here to stay with a friend of my mother's because that's the only person that I knew in L.A. I would take the bus from Pasadena to L.A. just to see what the town was like. Mm. Talk to the bus driver. Got in the conversation. He told me they were hiring. Interesting. He said, they train you. You don't have to have any experience. Mm-hmm. I went down the next day, got into the training class, passed the tests. And I was like, okay. I called my mom up and I said, I think I'm going to be out in LA for a while. I got a <laughs> dri- <laughs> cool. gig driving a bus. Yeah. Drove a bus for four years and I missed New York. Oh, okay. Uh, terribly. It was my first time away from the city in that long. And during my college years, that's all we did was we would go from... Jersey to New York to to go to the jazz clubs and go to all the different, uh, all the music at Carnegie Hall and and Avery Fisher Hall. And Hmm. so I came back to New York, um, had odd end jobs, waiters, uh, fell in love, um, and had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was maybe two years after that, I was teaching school and hanging out at the New Eureka Poets Cafe in the East Village. Um, as I was doing often on the weekends and got into a play okay. about a jazz musician oh, because cool. a friend of mine had written it. We were in a class together, and he said, I want you to play the role. Oh, And so I said, okay, I haven't acted in years, man. I'd be, I would love to maybe get my chops back together, you know. And I did that play, and Meg Simon, who was a big casting director at the time, yes. casting a lot of New York uh, August Wilson plays on Broadway, saw me in that play. And a year later, we got in touch, and she had me come in to audition for a play by Cheryl West called Holiday Heart, which was going on tour. I booked it. Mm. And when I came back from the tour, I got my equity card, and she helped me get an agent. And then... And you were an actor. Then I was professionally an actor. And and had you you ever thought that would be
0: the main gig? No. Yeah. Not at that point. No.
1: You know... um, because New York is such a hustle town, you know, yeah. it's like you don't put your money on that too much. You know, You, you it was for me <sighs> yes. a, a, a more of a pleasure thing. It was like work and then cool. the pleasure would be in the evenings going to plays gotcha. or getting involved in plays or going to hear some music or hanging out in New York. I mean, it was all gotcha. the nightlife yeah. for me at that point. You know, every other night, huh. if not every night, I was... Somewhere in New York, on the streets, in the evening, listening to some music, hanging out with some friends who are doing a play or what have you, going Mm -hmm. to readings and being involved in readings, and so uh, then I got involved with Labyrinth Theater Company Mm -hmm. after several years, and that's where the seriousness of the and the craftsmanship started Mm -hmm. to I started to learn and. That was mostly through all those cats, John Ortiz, uh, mm. people like Sal, Vittorio Zarello, who's now my assistant, Liz Canavan, Marlene Forte, uh, uh, Gary Perez, Paul Calderon, uh, um, uh, David Zayas, Liza Zayas, uh, Cologne Zayas. I mean, there were mm. so many wonderful actors like myself who had come from doing something else who weren't getting cast in a lot of stuff. Right. It was more Latino-based. Mm. That's why it was called Lab, uh, Latino actor base. Mm-hmm. Um, But it was more about actors who just weren't, they weren't booking a lot of high-profile stuff, but they were still just some of the finest actors in the city. Sure. And uh, that's why that company came together so well. And then with the ad- adding of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who had had some, a uh, bit of success at that point, he still wasn't quite blown up as as he became right um but that mm-hmm. element um just kind of shot us into prominence in new york as right. one of the okay one of the more groundbreaking theater companies in the city sure. at the time yeah cool um and that's a big thing for new york man where you go to london and you just blow the whole stage open man and yeah um actors like uh Chris O'Dowd, mm, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Chuitella Ejiofor, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. All these cats were still studying. Oh, yeah. When we came to London, and they all came to see this play called <laughs> Jesus Up the A Train, written yes. by Stephen Adley I Oh, wow, well, yes. And um, we blew, we just blew the doors off of the London stage at the time cool. with this way of developing this acting technique right. that Phil had sort of ingrained in us and the way we were doing our plays. It was fast paced. It was energetic. It was like uh, unapologetic, no nonsense, like in your face mm-hmm. type stuff. And um, I have actors that come to me today and say, man, I saw you in that play oh, in London. Cool. Oh you gosh. know. Uh, almost 20-something years ago, man, and it made me want to be an actor. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I mean, cool. Just really amazing stuff, stuff man. Stuff that's so, that memorable for that's someone. That's right. That's right. And so from that point, that's when the severity for me yeah. that I could do this, I want to do this, and I am going to do this. Yeah, okay. And I'm going to make this a living. And I was separated from my daughter's mother at the time and we were parenting still together yes so we were even though we were separated we weren't separated as parents Hmm. so she was still an artist she was a singer i was an actor so Hmm. there was some lean times you know but i loved it so much i'd bring my daughter with me auditions Uh, uh, you know i remember her mom screaming at me because i'd have her at the new yorecan poets cafe till one in the morning on a one a week (laughs) night you know and uh (laughs) <laughs> but um, that's where I guess she developed her love of the craft, of course. also. Yeah, and she became quite the the singer and the actor. But that was sort of the path that I that yeah. I got on. And it, like I said, it was once I got involved with Labyrinth, um, that was it for me.
0: There's something about the scraping by or the the low budget that forces you to. Really get in touch with your own artistic yeah. taste and to make choices. And that you are... know,
1: you're not doing it for a lot of money. It's like no money at all. So yeah. it's not about
0: the money. So it's got to be about the passion. It's got about the passion. That's yeah. why
1: you get another job. Right. You know, sure. if you want to make money in New York as an actor, get a job. you got to make sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, you can hustle in New York. I mean, for me, yeah. it's always been a town where you can find some ways to make money. So if you want to be an artist, you can do that. Mm. But also, you don't have to. I mean, you're going to be broke, and you're going to struggle with money because of the mm-hmm. times and the way things are. But that's the sacrifice that's, you have to if make. That's the if choice you,
0: you want to make. Then, if you want to make it, yeah. And then how? But how did film and TV start to factor in?
1: You know what? For me, it was the advent of cable television. Okay. Yeah. You know, when I first started coming up, um, you know, in the '80s and early '90s, there weren't a lot of nope television shows nope. like that. TVs, you know, yeah. So it was more about the diversity. And the fact that cable shows didn't have to always look to establish stars to mm-hmm. make these monies, make make money, or have mm-hmm. an audience. But I booked this show called Low into Sun, which was on for one season. Mm-hmm. But it was it enabled me to, for producers to see my see face you. on a television yeah, show. Yeah, cool. So it was easier for me to have that on my resume, and so when I would go gotcha. into other auditions. So then I booked right after that. I started booking. Television stuff. I booked um, Mr. Robot right after that. Yeah. Cool. Who turned out to be a, a really big hit for Huge. one season. And then I booked um, Netflix stuff. Uh, Luke uh, Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah. And then um, my roommate, Stephen Atley Girgis was another writer for The Get Down. He was your roommate? That's right. When? I lived with Stephen while I was his roommate <laughs> um, for, geez. <laughs> what? For many, many years. Doesn't he
0: have a Pulitzer Prize?
1: Yes, a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> That's right, man. For between Riverside and Crazy, which I was in with Stephen McKinley Henderson, um, Liz Kennevin, oh, right. Michael. Stephen had an apartment on Riverside Drive in New York, and he had a few extra rooms. It was an apartment that he grew up in with his parents. His parents had passed. Hmm. Um, God rest his soul, and his dad, who was like a father to me, and um, hmm. they gave me a place to stay when I didn't have a place to stay. Amazing. And he had an extra room there, so I spent many years there, Helping him with his dad and walking the dog Poppy and becoming a part of that inner family and wow. we were also theater company members together. Sure, he wrote two great roles for me: Jesus opti A train and mm-hmm. uh, Lucius, and also Rooftop and Our Lady of One Twenty First Street. uh huh. Um, he also wrote a role for me in um, um, uh, the other play, but I couldn't do it because I was performing in London doing Othello in London. So. Oh, wow um the last days of judas iscariot Mm -hmm. and stephen mckinley henderson ended up doing the role in new york but uh but yeah yeah Yeah. so wow um it is that's how it was everybody was helping each other out you know and i needed a place to stay i I didn't have a place to stay at the time and stephen was like well i got this extra room come (laughs) and stay with me and and for off and on, it lasted for maybe over five, six, seven years. Wow. Man.
0: And, you're, and you're both just with the artistic mission of I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on my craft That's and right. survive. That's right. Put together the, whatever survival jobs you need to do. That's right. Yeah. And
1: eventually, you know, the work begets work. I say that yeah. all the time. Work begets sure. work. You know, just work. Whatever it is you can do, do yeah. it. You know, um, Phil used to say that also. Just do whatever's in front of you. Do it. And do it to the best of your ability. Do it with mm. passion, because work begets work. Yeah, you know, and you, you, it's just feeling like you are a part of a, a large artistic family, whether it be mm. in Los Angeles or whether it be, you know, here. That I've been now that I've been in L.A. Yeah, the beautiful part is that my resume and my history is resonating, because yeah. now people are like, "Well, who's Ron Cephas Jones?" Well. Oh, Roxy Jones goes back. He's was in New York for 20 right. years. Doing, I saw him in that play in yeah, London. Yeah, I like, saw him in the play. So, yeah. you know, um, it doesn't take long now. And gotcha. that it means something to come to Los Less Angeles to with the resume. So even though mm. I would have wanted it to happen years ago. Sure. It just didn't. Gotcha. But yeah. when it, you know, it, they say, you know, it, it comes, you may not, you may not come when you call him, but he's right on time. You
0: know? <laughs> Cool. So yes. Well, in work, because work, you you have you just just got cast as of I think yesterday was announced in an Octavia Spencer. Is it a miniseries or a
1: drama? It's a it's a miniseries. mini-series.
0: Yeah. Um, for Apple.
1: That's right. Produced
0: by Reese Witherspoon.
1: Awesome man. Amazing awesome group stuff. of people. We started shooting that already. I did a one episode, the pilot episode already, and um, to be able Crazy. to be a part of that, you know, and that was an offer, you know, which was awesome and, and amazing
0: and that's because of it's essentially because of this is us
1: right because of that's this the is work us work. the work that's right yeah. this is us and mr robot and luke yeah. cage and the get down and low winter sun hmm. so um that's so awesome it was awesome man and it's awesome to be a part of that project uh Nichelle tramble who is the head writer and developer of that show uh is amazing it's an amazing cast um, and so, yeah. um, we st- I still got about, you know, there's still eight or nine episodes, still 10-episode series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple TV's new to the game. Very new. They're developing yeah. Oprah Winfrey's attached to them, oh, and okay. she's going to be developing some things with them. So... We'll see, I'm very excited about it, at least as mm-hmm. an actor for the work. The writing is also amazing. Cool, cool. And that's the one thing that uh, actors, first thing you do is you open the script, yeah. see where the writing Absolutely. is going, and you can tell right away if the writing's really good, you know, so.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: and whether you can trust the writers. That's right, yeah. that's right. So. Uh, Especially with TV. That's been great. So, um, you know, things are good. It's been a busy time. Uh, just this thing with J- Tom Hardy. Uh, I got a couple of scenes in his new movie uh, oh, cool. Venom. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which is coming out in October, and I hadn't seen oh. him in over twenty years. And I mentioned him earlier; he was yeah, wow. just a kid running around in London, still hadn't was still looking to work, and he flew himself over to New York to one of our intensive just to be a part of our group. That's how huh. impactful that yeah. we were at the time on on many English actors at the time,
0: so... Uh, and you certainly never stopped to think, oh, we're going to be in a superhero movie one day.
1: Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? You yeah, know, we absurd. both were laughing about that, yeah. you know, and he started telling the crew and everybody stories about when he was, you know, when we were in London. So it was a cool. such a beautiful, gratifying moment to hear him tell all these people. He's like, yeah, man, this guy right here, you know, the play that he did and... So um, those artistic families. That yeah, you're talking circles, about, that's circles, the, man. That's life. what's really gratifying about your work it comes back around. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do the work, put in good work. Mm-hmm. People will remember your work. This is
0: all really great advice for working actors, especially like so, yeah. maybe those downtown New York theater artists that's who right. are working the side hustles.
1: Yeah, I you know. I have, still have a lot of friends and men and uh, prodigies, prodigies who still call me and we talk. You yeah. know, and yeah. Um, I just pretty much tell them what I've gone through. It's, all you can do is right. relate your own experience and, totally, you know, what yeah. you feel and what you go through, you know. But right in the beginning, it's really about just having a love for it. Yeah, I have a good friend who just had a, a child and he was so worried. He's like, oh, I'll be a father. Well, I probably won't be able to be an actor because I got to get a regular job. And I was like, who says that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do you get that from? You right. know, it's like, I mean, I got regular jobs, but it doesn't have to be permanent. Right. You know, you you'll find a way. If yeah, you love yeah. this craft and mm-hmm. you love doing it, you will find a way to do it all. Yeah. And um, it was a blessing for me to have a a, a, a child. During the course of that struggle, it never dawned on me that I would not do this. Uh She was a part of that inspiration. When I would look at her, I would say, "I'm going to do this. We're going to do it together, and I'm going to do it with you, and you're going (laughs) to do it with me." And so, for me, having a child was inspiring, as opposed to, "Oh my God, you know, I got a kid, and I got to get, oh, you know, right, you know, I got to get a regular job anymore."
0: Yeah, you know, no, it's a shift in perception between like. Maybe embracing the idea that you don't have a ton of control as an actor over your career That's right. versus just saying, I'm choosing the life of an actor. and Manifest I Manifest it. Yeah, I'm choosing to have faith that it's going to happen. Have that something's going to happen,
1: gonna happen. Yeah. with it. And if it doesn't, then I'll work. I'll work. Yeah. I'll get a job. I'll teach school. I'll do this. Whatever it is that I need to pay the rent, sure. put food on the table. But that still leaves room to be an artist, to be yeah. a craftsman. Mm. Yeah, you so,
0: could find passion in other areas and other right. ways.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything that you, if you could go back in time and, and and tell yourself or warn yourself, is
1: there anything you wish you'd known back in those early days? Well, yeah, but not so much crap, just more personal stuff. Uh-huh. You know, like I recently stopped smoking cigarettes about three months now. Oh, wow. And I wish I would have known back then. I wish I would have stopped smoking a long time ago because mm. um, it did a number on my body for a minute. Yeah. Um, I think more personal things, you know. I, I mean, that's good advice too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I would have probably taken care of myself a little better. Mm. You know, I came up in the 70s and 80s and there was some wild times, you know, mm. very wild times, Different, different set of rules back then, mm. you know, so... Um, just to be able to survive through all that, you know, and be here. Um, so there's a lot of little things like that, but as far as the craft is concerned in my career, I wouldn't change a thing. Cool. Everything had a reason. Now that I look back, I was like, I'm glad that that happened because it made Mm -hmm. me the actor that I am today. And I might, had I had done something different and had more success in my 20s or 30s, I might not have appreciated it as much. Hmm. And I'm sure I wouldn't have been as good as I am now. Yeah. Oh, see, know? that's good and, to hear too. And I only say that because I have the experience and I've seen the work and I believe mm-hmm. in my work. Mm-hmm. But I'm 60 now, so I can say that, you know, I do believe in my work and I do believe that I'm at the top of my game right now, Absolutely. you know. But I only can say that because I can look back and see what I've done to put into that. Exactly. To be able to hold my chest up and say that proudly and with, yeah. with truth and honesty, you know. Yeah. So, if your
0: um, 20s and maybe even your 30s are filled with struggling in, the, in a downtown theater scene. And a lot of That's fear. making you
1: a better artist. And a lot of
0: fear, so yes. you grow
1: up, I had so uh, much fear. I mean, yes. I'm sure so many people can relate to that, but it's... One of the crippling things that we Mm. grow up with it starts from our parents to school to just even today, there's a lot of fear mongering, you know, and headlines and stuff to make us afraid. You Mm. know, don't eat that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so we're just full of fear, you know, so took a lot of years within the craft to understand it, to learn what fear is and how to how to deal with it, Mm. how to meditate, how to be alone how mm. to listen to my inner self, you mm. know, um, learning about the energies of chakras. And it, it just only comes with age and mm-hmm. time and experience, you know, so. Time can help. Yes. Yeah. You know, give yourself some time. You yeah. know, know that it's a it's a 10-year town, as they say, you know. <laughs> it's a 10-year <laughs> town. I've not heard that. You know, in cool. L.A. might even be a 15 to 20-year town, <laughs> you know what I mean. I think that's
0: important for some of the listeners of this podcast to hear. That's right. Yeah. You
1: know, you have to be patient, you yeah. know, and there are some that will hit right off the bat, and it's about yeah. trying not to compare, which is the other thing that's so hard, so difficult yeah. not to see someone else have success and you feel like you're being jilted or mm-hmm. that you're not doing it. You know, it's like, oh, well, look at him or look at her why? Yeah. Why are they having that? And why are they not that good? I'm better than them, and it's comparing. You only compare yourself to your your own growth, Mm, mm -hmm. and if you keep that in perspective, you can see and really understand how you're growing by comparing yourself to how you were yesterday and are you better today? Yeah. Okay. Are you better today than you were last week? Is the scene better today than it was last week? Is the Is the season of the character more developed this year than last year? What Mm -hmm. new beautiful things can I bring to the character this Mm -hmm. year that I didn't have last year? So those are where my comparisons are limited to my own development. And that's where they should stay and not with someone else's development. Right. I have no control over that. I have no control over them. Yeah. And um, if it's not mine, then it wasn't mine to have. Mm Mm-hmm. So, oh, Milo said the exact
0: same thing. Yeah, totally. That's right. That uh, act of not comparing—it's—is that like that's something that requires practice. It's like a muscle. Oh my too? god!
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just innate. It's within it's us. It's competition. Human it's your competitiveness in yeah. us, you know.
0: And it's the nature of the industry that's too. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's not like you can go and do laps to get faster. You know, not you can't. Really. It's not like that. There's a certain amount of luck involved too. Of There's course. a lot of luck yeah. involved. There's a lot of random decisions mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. That's why when you go into an audition and you nail it and you don't get the job, it can be so devastating, you know, because it's like, but that's a part of what it is. It's not about the booking. It's about you went in, you did it. Mm. And then everything else is like a byproduct of that, you Mm. know, and (laughs) it will happen. You know, it will happen. Maybe like not in your time, but it will happen. But that's a hard one. Yeah. Very difficult not to compare. And it still rears its ugly head every now and then. Yeah, even when you're. That's right. Even when you're doing stuff. That's right. Yeah. Even when you think you're past it, there's that that little monster that creeps in, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you have to arrest him right away. And at least I do. I just tie a knot around his neck and get rid of him. Yeah. Because this has nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah. But um, that's a hard one to learn. It takes some time. You got
0: to. Yeah. It's like you got to. You got to cook that into your system. You that's right. Bake it. That's like, right. And the same is true of that. I just love that idea of the feeding your subconscious with inspiration. Yeah. It's almost like that's very true of acting a specific scene, that's but right. also like life. That's right. That's how you live life. That's how you live life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're in a car on the freeway and someone's about to cut you off, uh-huh. it's like that. Do you make a decision to just let them cut you off? Or do you start wrangling for that position? Mm, mm. And then you get all upset and it's like the competition, you're not going to take this from me. Mm. And it's just a lane. And it might take you an extra minute just to let go. And let this person do whatever they're going to do. You haven't moved maybe two inches at the the time that he's gotten in front of you. But it's like those kind of moments, it's how you can practice that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, well... Where do you find yourself trying to do something that you don't need to do? You know, it's like, yes. it has nothing to do with me. Why yeah. am I trying to battle this it's person, like, argue this person when it has... Yeah, take it off your plate if, if you can simplify it. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: So it's little things like that. If you if you look at it from that perspective and you can be aware of those moments and see how you can let certain things go, hopefully that'll help. Yeah. But it starts with those little personal moments, you know, so that you can walk into an audition, be prepared, do the things you need to do, and then walk out and not say, oh, my God, I I really hope they hire me, and you do, and and then the process is that you don't get a phone call if you don't get the job. You only get a phone call if you do get the job, so you don't know. It's like you don't know how well you did. You don't know if they liked you. You don't know if they liked what you did, you know? Um. Yeah, it's and a how wild. to let all that go?
0: Yeah, and how to let it and make peace? Just That's make, right, an inner, make peace with the fact
1: that you're there and you did the work. You know. Yeah. And uh, eventually it'll resonate. You know.
0: And is it true also that au- auditions? You see
1: them as an opportunity to right. perform, even if it is for three That's minutes right. or whatever. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. You know, actors will tell you that often. You know, especially the ones that've been around a bit. It's like you know, it's an opportunity to go in and do some good work. Mm.
0: You know, it's and a good so philosophy to the end.
1: more you audition, the better you get at it, yeah. the better you get at letting go. So, you know, uh, cherish and prize everyone.
0: Yeah. And I love that idea of, of you can only compare it to your own growth, specifically your own personal growth. Very important. That's the that's the metric.
1: Very important. Yeah. It's almost like we forget ourselves because we're so busy comparing ourselves to someone else. Right. You know. Those benchmarks.
0: I, right. Those benchmarks of other people. a that's right. They can haunt us. It's really
1: interesting. It's a behavior that all of us have, Absolutely. you know, in one way or another. And it translates to other parts of our life, too, you mm-hmm. know. But it wasn't until I started to learn that that I also learned that it there are other parts of my life that I do that same thing. I am start comparing myself yep. to situations that I have no control over, you know. Yeah. And it's very, you know, it, it's, you, you don't have to do it alone, you know, that's totally. the other thing. Is like be around like-minded people. You mm-hmm. know, go see plays. Go. Mm-hmm. It's not just also doing, but supporting. You know, and supporting other plays, supporting other films. You know, and sure. now with social media, you know, it's like um, so many different ways to talk about it. But get out there. and mm-hmm. Don't just talk about it, but get out there and do it. You know, be a part of it. Um, that's a big part of um being an artist too is like being familiar with who's doing what, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, those artistic families you're talking about, those can take on many different forms. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's right. Good friendships, good family type yeah. stuff, you know, good food, good social environments, mm-hmm. you know. Um, where you can still your whole life is there's a different parts of your life, not just the work, but the playtime too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, being around like-minded people and having conversations about different plays that you might read or film scripts Mm -hmm. that you might get or who's doing what and um, who knows who and that kind of thing being familiar with different names and Mm -hmm. people that you want to work with and having those names on your tongue yeah so uh, uh, somehow it manifests those people start to manifest it's like then you go, man. I just was talking about you last month. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it 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 manifests itself cool. by the energy, by being around that energy, and it all serves as inspiration. It that's all right. It's inspiring. Feeds. It makes you feel like you're you're a part of yeah. this bigger picture, mm. this bigger family, and then these little inner circles, and it happens. All the time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like circles begets another circle begets another circle. Totally. And then it all comes back around, you know, and Beautiful. I have tons of stories like that that yeah. I can attest to that, that that's what the artistic community is about.
0: Yeah. You cool.
1: know, it's like getting in and having your name and a reading and then your name will go under her lips and her lips and he's looking for that kind of actor. I just saw right. at the reading and yep. give them a call, email and. Things pop up and you go, oh wow! I just got an email from so and so. They're looking for, and I thought about you. And are you available? And right. So there are these random moments that yeah. come up that you didn't totally even think about. A plant, yeah. Unpredictable. So it's about being ready, being prepared. <laughs> so when those things pop up, you have the confidence. You have yes. the. You have the fearlessness to go mm-hmm. and jump on it, you know, and do it. So. Prepare
0: that subconscious. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Ron, thank you so much for joining oh, us. This is really you. awesome.
1: I love this. This is really great, man. Good. It's comfortable, easy, a little coffee, a little water. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I really feel like
0: I set out to dig up all of your actorly secrets and... We, we got some acting. Oh, yeah, we secrets. touched some
1: good stuff, It's man. like, I
0: just wanted to extract, like, how are you such a good actor and how can other actors, like, learn from that? And yeah. I think other actors are going to learn from this interview. I hope sure. so. I really
1: do <laughs> hope so, man.
0: In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In the Envelope. Thanks as always to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire Jamie Muffet, and thank you to the team at Backstage. The most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rappaport, Rowan Al Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope.